0: Are you ready to stop riding the emotional elevator of life? Are you ready to learn how to elevate your emotions that keep you psychologically traumatized or in an addictive behavior? You are in the right place. Here is your host, Sandy Bird, trauma, addiction, life and spiritual coach of the Emotional Elevator Show.
1: Welcome everyone. Welcome to this Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. on the Inspired Choices Network. I, of course, am your host, Sandy Bird of Emotional Elevator. So let's get started. Last couple of weeks we've I've dove, dove in. Here I am stumbling. Dove in on addiction and obsession and all the psychological trauma behind it. Well now I want to kind of dive in more on what's it time to love it or leave it, the addiction or the person in your family. Sorry, I'm had just lost myself in this. Sorry, people. I don't know what I just clicked on, but I hit something. So we're going to go back to it. All right. Anyway. So, when is it time to love it or leave it? And how do I, with my clients, how do we learn what their true addiction is? And how do we learn what the emotion is behind the addiction? So, this was something I did in a post and I do with my clients to just identify some addictions within them. What the addictions are within them is things that they have that they're conditioned to do or that it's centered around an emotion. So let's start off this way, how I start off with my clients. Whenever I'm talking with someone and they want to know about addictions, and how do I really know if I have an addiction, especially if it's not a substance? Because a lot of people associate addiction with substance or alcohol or something of that nature, not Emotional eating, not retail therapy, not people pleasing, not codependency. They don't associate that with addiction. So how I start out with my clients and what started with me was identifying what an addiction can be. So, everyone, I want you maybe to think about this. Is there a certain product that you've used your whole life and you can't go without? That's kind of an addiction. So if you were raised in a household with a particular type of toilet paper, with a particular type of laundry detergent, you could be addicted to that. Now, the definition of addiction does say it brings pleasure to you, but think about it. I was raised with Tide almost my whole entire life. And there was a point in my life where I wanted to try other things because I was like, it's not doing it for me. I'm just not that excited about it hide so that's kind of what I'm talking about some addictions are not a true something you think about you're causing harm to yourself or whatever but it's something that you are conditioned and that does kind of bring pleasure to you think about it some people are oh my gosh I'll tell you a story about me, but most of this is going to be about clients and stuff. When I met my husband now, he preferred a different toilet paper than me. So we bought two different types of toilet paper because I, of course, was brought up on one particular type and he was brought up on a different. But we didn't want to bend on that. And then I realized, wait a minute, are we addicted? Am I going to really sacrifice a relationship over toilet paper? But what it was is that I had been conditioned my whole entire life on a particular brand of toilet paper. He had been conditioned on his whole entire life on a particular type of toilet paper. Now, isn't that funny to think about? But did either one of us want to change that? So was that an addiction? To some people, yes. To me, yes. And that's what I kind of start off with, um, with my clients is name something that you feel you can't live without. So can be a brand of toilet paper, simple, right? Simple. So challenge them to go buy something different. And that's what I kind of do. I challenge them to go buy something different. And why can't they? And that's the big thing when it comes to addiction. Why can't they buy a different brand of toilet paper? Why can't they buy a different brand of soap? Because, A, maybe that was a good part of their childhood. My whole family used Scott toilet paper, and so I have to use Scott toilet paper because that's what I was brought up on. And that's something minute, but it could be something that still within person brings them joy because it does remind them. Of something good about their family and their family background. And that is something that a lot of people do until they get challenged to change that. So that's kind of where addiction sits with me. And that's where I start off with some clients. Tell me of something that you might use in your life that you couldn't give up. Why do you use that? And what what would happen if you didn't use it? And I've had some clients tell me, well, I'll get a rash if I use a different brand of laundry detergent. Or I don't like the smell of other laundry detergents. Well, there's unscented. But it's that whole, well, when did you start using that? Well, that's what we used all along when I was a kid because we couldn't use anything else. So that's when I challenge them. Well, go get something else. Well, I'm afraid to. Because when I was a kid, have you ever thought maybe you changed since you were a kid? More than likely, yes. I was a kid that we did. I grew up untied because I had sensitive sensitivity to things. Um, I have a child that has sensitivity to things. But I decided to start just branching out and changing and trying different things. So... It was because it was a conditioned, which could be an addiction, where I just continued with that. But tonight is all about mainly the strong addictions. Can you love it or leave it? And what is the emotion? So when I am working with clients who come to me, um, two of them are, I have as success stories, and they're on, on my website, not as their names. They had strong addictions to certain things. And one of them was a substance and one of them was food. And of course, as you've heard my story, I was an emotional eater. Now, how did I identify with that? The first things I do with my clients is we identify what is the addiction that is holding you back. Well, of course, we know if it's substance that can be holding you back in many ways. But when it's something like someone says, well, food isn't a strong addiction. Yes, it is. You can cause yourself so many mental, mental, physical ailments and mental ailments by eating the wrong kinds of foods. So the one client that was addicted to a substance, it's getting down into why. What is it that you're trying to obtain with this substance? What emotion? Because we... Common definition of addiction is a pleasure to create pleasure. But how many people do you know that are alcoholics that get DUIs or wake up the next day and they're drunk? I had a mother and I've been around someone who kind of goes through psychosis where they're vicious. They become mean because of the addiction. Who really wants to be around that? We'll get to that topic as we continue. So thinking about that, is that really pleasure? I don't think so. What I've learned through myself, through my clients, and through my life, um, being the daughter of an alcoholic, is that it's an emotion. It's a trauma. It's a psychological trauma within someone that they're trying to use that substance, use that food, use that retail, use whatever it is that they're trying to use, to squash the squash that emotion yeah. or elevate that emotion. Because if you would have listened to the first show talking about psychological trauma and addiction, whenever you go to a funeral or, you know, anything of that nature, someone tries to hand you something to help you elevate your emotions during an emotional time. That's not really helping, is it? That's just suppressing the emotion in that moment, you still got to sometimes go home by yourself and cry it out. So when I'm working with my clients, it's we have to get to that emotion or that trauma that they suffered, that they're either trying to suppress or they're trying to regain the emotion from. And that's where addiction comes into play. And that's why, I have become and study a lot on addiction and the correlation with emotions, addiction and the correlation to psychological trauma, and psychological trauma and addiction, and that whole correlation. Because think about it, how many people out there wake up and go, I'm going to become an addict today? They don't do that. It's because of a psychological trauma that they either were not allowed to express or they did not know how to handle it or their flame, the flame within inside them that we all have this light, the spiritual light was put out and they don't know how to get that back. So what do they do? They use something to get that emotion back. So that's where working with my clients, what we do is we have to identify And sometimes what they think and the reason that they're addicted is not the real root cause. So I have clients who have gone through a lot of childhood trauma, from neglectful parents to abusive parents to themselves having alcoholic, abusive, addicted parents. And now they've become that. Now. They vowed their whole life that they wouldn't, but there's an emotion that they're either trying to escape or they're trying to elevate to. And that's why that cycle continues because they never got the skills to formulate the emotion or to get rid of this psychological trauma and there's get rid of let go of the psychological trauma. So I'll give you a case situation where I did have I do have a client. They haven't had an addiction. They were always scared that someone was going to die around them. And they carried that. And they would rather die themselves than to witness somebody else die. So I took this person, we went on a um a retreat. And during that, I said, well, someone died in front of you. No, no. You know, my dad was in the hospital. My mom's still alive. My sister, you know, he's still alive. You know, we're going through everything. First day, nothing came forward. Second day, we kind of did breath work. I do practice breath work and hypnosis. to get people to relax enough to, for us to dive deep. So the next day we did breath work and nothing seemed to come forward. And I said, I sat there and I said, when did you witness death? So this person witnessed death when they were six or seven or eight, but knew every single detail. That is a psychological trauma. And what do I mean by that? They remembered who they were with, but they were at an ice cream shop, what flavor ice cream they were eating, what they were wearing, what they were saying. And they witnessed a horrific accident in front of them. Uh, Back in those days, this was probably in the 70s. You could ride a motorcycle without a helmet. Well, they basically witnessed this motorcycle person get killed and decapitated in front of them. And it was right away, the person with them, covered their eyes. Oh, don't worry about that. Don't worry about it. There was never a discussion about that. So this person has carried it their whole life and has been afraid of death because it was never discussed. Now, is that on the other person? No, because that other person was trying to protect a child and just did that. Didn't. Will we now sit back and say what they should have done was probably discussed it and maybe said, how are you feeling? Like, get through it. What do we know in those situations? It's just a reaction. There's a reaction. Everything becomes a reaction. So this person, this client of mine, carried that on and dealt with fear of death because it was never discussed. And this person never realized it until I- I was able to sit down with them and really figure it out that you had to witness something horrific in your life. Well, I mean, it wasn't that big of a deal. Here's the thing. It was a big deal because they could remember where they were, who they were with, what they were wearing, what they were saying, the flavor of ice cream. They were in ice cream shop, almost the street address of where this happened. That is what psychological trauma is. It's remembering something so vivid, but you put it all the way back here and all it does is death, death. And that person became addicted because they did not understand, never could understand why they had such strong emotions around death. Well, that is one of my success stories because this person is clean and sober. And works with N.A. and myself. And we continuously work on the emotions because there's other emotions involved in the addiction. It's just not that. But that was such a strong part of the addiction because they never were able to talk about it, what they saw. So this person probably had nightmares after nightmares. And it was just go back to bed instead of taking those moments to figure out why the nightmare was there, how to handle the nightmare. But that's was up to her, was up to my client to heal from that now. That's her job to heal from that because you can't go back. That is the past. Same thing as some of the stories I told you with addiction and psychological trauma from you go to school first time, and this has been a story. Justine shared it when she interviewed me, but it's been a story with other people. And it's been a story with me. When you first go to school and you're wearing this great outfit and you're so excited about it. And then you, someone teases you about it. So you're all the way up here. And I'm putting my hands up like if you're listening to me tomorrow or you're listening to me, you can see it. Like you're all the way up on this cloud nine. And someone brings you down to your ring on the ground. That's your developmental years of life. So you don't know how to handle to let that go, to say, you know what, that's not me or We're just being mean to me and it's okay. And somebody else can tell you, hey, we're just being mean to me, mean to you, let it go. But until you know how to psychologically let that go within you, your mind's going to still turn on it and remind you of that. So, kind of running a little bit late on my first break, but we're going to go to a break. And when we come back, I'm going to continue on this topic. And then we're really going to get into, what you know when to love it, believe it, the addiction or a person. And thank you for joining me tonight. And like I've said, if you are out there and you come in this chat room or if you're on another network, come to Inspired Choices Network and join the chat room. Because if you have any questions, I'd love to answer them. But again, my name is Sandy Bird and you're listening to me on Emotional Elevator.
0: Are you living a life of psychological trauma or suffering from an addiction? Are you ready to learn new techniques to elevate your emotions without sustaining or obtaining them from substances that are not good for your mind or body? Then continue to tune into Emotional Elevator with Trauma, Addiction, Life, and Spiritual Coach, Sandy Bird, where you will learn techniques to elevate your emotions that don't require a magic pill, food, or impulsive behavior. Listen to Emotional Elevator with Sandy Bird, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Mountain, 4 p.m. Pacific, on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? email, become a host at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is Emotional Elevator with Sandy Bird. To participate in this program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also send an email to Sandy at EmotionalElevator.com. Now, back to the program.
1: Well, welcome back. We were going through addiction and how, with my clients, how we get to the addiction. And I was going through one of my clients who went through some psychological trauma as a child and didn't realize that she became, a lot of her addiction stemmed from witnessing a death that was never explained to her. And during those formative years, she didn't know how to cope with it. She would have nightmares and it was just go back to bed instead of really talking about it. So she just continued to suppress it and suppress it and suppress it. And then this client as well, and I can say she, cause she's willing to let me talk about her, but she then went through an abusive relationship and that created a lot of trauma within her to where she just started building up strong emotions of unworthiness, unvalue and started self-sab- self-sabotaging self herself. And that's where the addiction started. But Like I've said, she's been clean and sober. She is an N.A. And we work together a lot on getting to those strong emotions or what is suppressed within her. And like I said, some of the tools I use are hypnosis and breath work to get deep down into those emotions. Now, that is an... Addiction that we can recognize because it was a substance. Um, they did have to go away and, you know, take care of getting rehabbed and getting off the substance itself. So that is one that we recognize. Now, some of the other addictions are, of course, one that I've talked about. And one of my clients has um, also gotten great at handling the emotions that are centered around Emotional eating, because that's exactly what it sounds emotional eating, but it is an addiction that's a food addiction. You're using food to make yourself feel better or you're using food to suppress pain, sorrow anger um and I can tell you recently I've had a couple of things happen with me that Right away, knowing that I have, knowing that I've recognized, that's the word I was looking for, sorry, recognized my addiction, I am able to say, you know what, I don't need that. Let me journal about it. Let me cope with that. So this client had emotional eating as her addiction. Again, she um. Enjoys kind of talking about her story. When she was able to identify that she was an emotional eater, she did want to lose weight. She wanted to take control of her life, but she was able to work on the food side of it and losing the weight and knowing that that was her addiction. But it was okay, so how do I stop emotionally eating? What do I need to work on? So again, we use breath work. A lot of, um, We did kind of a walk, talk therapy and talk through those emotions. Why was she an emotional eater? What was the emotion she was trying to obtain? What was the emotion she was trying to suppress? And she too went through some psychological trauma growing up, especially when you end up becoming, and I'm going to say it this way, the fat kid, because I at one point in my life was the fat kid and being called that you end up associating yourself with that and that's where the emotional eating side of it and you can watch the reality shows 600 pound me or whatever the name of that show is and you can watch that i was always labeled as the fat kid or you know all those things and then you become that it's the true manifestation of life where I was called a fat kid. So I am a fat kid. So I'm going to be a fat kid. So what do they do? They emotionally eat because of they've obtained. It's like they've obtained that status. I'm going to continue to be that fat kid. So that's why emotional eating is an addiction. Retail therapy. I've worked with someone on that as well, where retail therapy was their addiction. And how do I work with a lot of these people is getting them To. Dive into their addiction, not if it's a substance, I'm not going to tell them to go out and let's get 20 pills and let's take 20 pills, not with an addiction. There is different ways to dive into this, but I want people to understand that there are. Different ways for different addictions, so retail therapy is to identify why do you feel the need to spend Why do you feel the need to give to most of the time they're giving to others or they just can't go in a store and go, oh, because they're trying to prove their worth. It's what is it that you lack, but that addiction is giving you. So if you lack your sense of self-worth. Retail therapy, how else are you going to feel worthy than to go start spending money, even if you spend money on other people? And that's sometimes where comes in because it's a lack of self-confidence, and that item is going to give me the confidence. Also, when it comes to self-value, I value my—I I need to prove I value myself by buying that that item. So it's also getting to understand what is the emotional, what is the feeling, or what is the lack that they're feeling that they are wrong in this addiction, and that's where. Getting to know what is the addiction and starting out small, like I started having this conversation about. Starting small with is there a certain product in your house that you can't live without? A laundry detergent, um, a dish soap, a toilet paper, paper towels, and why can't you live without that? And identifying That starting small with something small like that, and then diving in deeper. So, what does food do for you when you're sad? What does food help you with when you're mad? Why is it when you want to celebrate, you want to go eat food? And it's identifying and finding other ways for them to. Go through those emotions. If you're angry, get some sand, dig in some sand. If you're sad, cry. What is wrong with crying in this world? I don't see it as a weakness. I see it as a strength. I have thought and been ashamed that crying is a weakness, but I'll cry in front of people these days. I've cried on one of my shows now not a weakness it's compassion so teaching my clients how to get into their emotions how to work through their emotions and they can reach out to me when they're having these emotions and journaling around the emotions that is the biggest one thing I can talk about on this show is journaling when you're feeling something, when you want to get a drink or if you want to eat something, pick up your journal. I'll send you a journal. Reach out to me. Email me. I'll send you a journal because I definitely am all about the journals. And journal around it. Why am I feeling this way? What could have happened in my life to where now I take food, anger, could it have been something when I was a kid that my grandma or my mother gave me food when I was feeling sad, or was it something whenever my mom my mom, who was abusive and an alcoholic when she did something and then the next day remembered it when she was in the good stages of her alcoholism, and then she took me out to buy me something to make me feel good, and that's now why I did that. And that's what I work deeply with my clients is using hypnosis and breath work. You don't necessarily have to use all that, but I do that so we can dive deep. When did this start? And how can we change that? Inviting that child when this happened to him, back and getting into that emotions and getting into that and letting those emotions go and really feeling the emotions behind it. Because until. And I'm a strong believer with this. And that's why some people continue to go through rehab or continue to fight with their weights up and down in emotional eating and retail therapy. The reason is, is because nobody's helping them to identify the emotions that they're trying to suppress or the emotions that they're trying to obtain to elevate to. Because that's a, that's a big, big part of an addiction. You have to be able to regulate your own emotions without using anything. Talking to yourself. Don't know anything about shadow work? I can do shadow work with you. Diving into yourself. Getting to know yourself and loving yourself. Wow. It's time for another break. So we're going to go to another break, and then I'm going to kind of dive into working with clients and also some of my journey with um, when is it time to let go of somebody who has an addiction. Thank you for joining me tonight on Inspired Choices Network. I, of course, am Sandy Berg, your emotional elevator host. You can always find me Wednesday nights at 7 p.m., or you can um, replay me tomorrow inspired choices network you can find me on youtube facebook instagram mm-hmm. many platforms out there or you can listen to me on spotify apple amazon so if you want to relist this or you tell somebody hey look you really need to listen to this because she's making a point about this please or like we said reach out to me at sandy at so i'd love to hear from you i'd love to answer any questions if you'd like to work with me. But we're gonna go to a break because I've got a lot more to talk about in the next half an hour. And thank you again for joining me.
0: Are you living a life of psychological trauma or suffering from an addiction? Are you ready to learn new techniques to elevate your emotions without sustaining or obtaining them from substances that are not good for your mind or body? Then continue to tune into Emotional Elevator With trauma, addiction, life, and spiritual coach, Sandy Bird, where you will learn techniques to elevate your emotions that don't require a magic pill, food, or impulsive behavior. Listen to Emotional Elevator with Sandy Bird, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Mountain, 4 p.m. Pacific, on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows, along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is Emotional Elevator with Sandy Bird. To participate in this program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to sandy at emotionalelevator.com. Now, back to the program.
1: Well, welcome back, everyone. Welcome, welcome back. So the first part of the show, I've been kind of talking about addiction and working with my clients on addiction and identifying addiction and starting with small items like brands that you have to have within your house because of um, formed conditions and beliefs about those brands when you're kids or your family's always used. And then getting into identifying the addiction and how you really need to learn to regulate your emotions and how working with me and working together on it, we learn to regulate those emotions through many different techniques, shadow work, through hypnosis and breath work, to get into those emotions and why we feel the way we feel. Now, I kind of want to talk about, because I also have clients that come to me that are children or parents of an addict and when is the moment to love them or leave them because that is a very strong topic and it's a very hard topic to talk about especially being a mother and being the daughter of an alcoholic um, my We, My whole family, we've always, we've had struggles. I mean, everyone has an addiction. I 100% could tell you, 100% of the population has an addiction to something. It can be working out, it can be emotional eating, retail therapy, everyone. But when is the time when you have someone who is substance abuse, who is alcoholic? because as a child of one and being a parent, I'm not saying um my children have strong addictions because they don't, but there was a time where we all struggled with some forms of substance addiction. I'll be honest about that. But when is the time to step back and say, you know what, I've done all I can and there's not much more I can do? First it's Realizing that even as a parent or as a child of somebody who has an addiction, it is not your fault. That was a hard comprehension for me as a daughter because I was always screened at and I have a client who, as a parent, that has also done the same things as my mother and Being able to say it is not your fault, feeling it's your fault when they don't want to get help when you're there offering to help them get help. Because that's the biggest thing where we take on all the blame and guilt and shame, because if we're telling our parent, our child, our significant other, our best friend, whoever it is, I'm here. Here's my hands, reaching out your hand to them and saying, I will walk with you side by side every step of the way. And they say, F you, you need to take that step away. And when I mean step away, and this is a very hard, and that's why clients who come to me I will hold your hand. I will be the person that holds your hand to help you go get help and work with you. I'm helping you regulate your emotions and get over the blame, shame, guilt from it. Because when you are somebody who's willing to go in every time and say, I'm here to help, I'm here to help, that's called enabling. That was a strong word for me to learn is you become an enabler. And all you become is codependent, And that's been a big topic. Um, We talked a lot about it in one of my walk therapy um, groups this week. And I do many different techniques for um, talking with people and getting on topics was when you are an addict or you were a child of an addict or a parent of an addict, you become codependent because you feel like you have got to raise them. If it's your parent, if it's your spouse, if it's your best friend, if it's your child, you feel like you've got to care for them. You've got to make sure. What about you? You're becoming codependent on someone because you don't feel they can do for themselves and that might be why they're staying in the addiction they are because you are you're not able to help them regulate their emotions and that is the big thing when we can recognize our own addictions and our own our own addictions and our own psychological trauma, we learn to regulate. And I teach people how to regulate your own emotions. Now, if someone is an addict, and it's the same thing for them, if someone is an addict and they can't regulate their own emotions, you're not going to be able to regulate them for them. And trust me, it took years for me to say enough is enough because. Here's the challenges that I face with clients now is, yeah, I I cut, you know, my ties off with this person, mother, father, child, spouse, not like divorced or separated spouse, friend, whatever. I cut my ties, but Christmas is coming, so I'm going to buy them something. I'm going to go see them. You haven't cut them off. You're enabling still. Because they always know, and this is something I had to learn through my healing and through going through addiction therapy for me, because I found out I was a codependent to my mother, who was the alcoholic. Was every time i cut off for six months and then I'd go again. Those six months was erased. So if you say, I'm not going to speak to you for a month until you get help, and then the month goes by and you reach out, okay. Well, how are you doing? Blah 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 blah. You have a conversation and you say, okay, well, I'm not gonna speak to you again for another month. You're you're playing into it, you're enabling them. It's a very hard decision to make, but when you can say to the other person, that's where these healthy boundaries come into play. And you can talk to them as a coach. I didn't realize um, when I was going back into the picture with my mother because she was dying of cancer that I was using the coaching skills that I have now that I've learned from going back to school and everything like that. I was using them with her then. I learned how to set those healthy boundaries. I learned how to use that to establish the rapport, to establish that non-blame, guilt, and shame with her. And to be able to say to my own mother, and I teach my clients to do this, is if there is a situation and they want help and they're willing to get it, then what you've got to do is you've got to go in there and basically say, as of now, this is a clean slate. We are not going to revisit the past. We are only going to do day by day, just like as if they were in an NA or an AA. Like one day at a time. And that's what we're going to do in this relationship. But just like the addiction, you can't go back. And you've got to let it go. And that's when loving them, if you have someone in your life that has really hurt you because of an addiction, and they have gotten help, and they're showing you that they have gotten help, love them. But love yourself, too, and let go of that past. Because that's what I was able to do at the end with my mother, and I'm so blessed, and I try to, I try to, I do teach my clients that have gone through similar situations that I have because no two situations are exactly the same, and they might be going through the similar situation I did is, Here's what you do. And if it goes backwards and you walk away, you know, you've done everything you can. And that's what I'm trying to say is when you are and I have clients who are dealing with a family member that is an addiction. So I deal with people who do have addictions because we all have addictions, as I've stated, and I deal with people who have a family member or spouse best friend, whatever, who does have a strong addiction to a substance or addiction. Even a client of mine has a family member that has an addiction to retail therapy and they've gone into debt. Well, you can't offer to give them any money because then all you're doing is fueling what it is that they need to face. What you can offer to do is offer... To help them. Offer, not you to personally help them. Offer say, hey, look, why don't we sit down and I'll find someone to help you? Or why don't we, you know, I'll I'll go with you, I'll take you to that substance abuse place. But you've got to be ready. And that is another, that's another whole gamut with my success story client who was an addict is there was a time where she went off basically the deep end and she was using very heavily and we had already started working together and she contacted me and said, I really need, I really need, I really need. No, you don't need. And before we started really working together, she wanted to work with me a while ago and she would contact me and say, we need you to work with me. Okay. Why do you need me to work with you? Well, because blah, 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 blah. And she gave me all these, and I'm going to say excuses. And I said, the point is, you don't want me to work with you. And that was such a big thing. I do. Why do you? Well, because I need help with this and I need help with that. When someone needs it, they're not as fully invested as I want to. I want to change. I want to learn how to change. And when you do have a family member or you do have someone close to you that is addicted and they continue to ask you to help them, when they say the word need, that's the addiction. If they want you and they're willing, And why, and you start asking, well, why do you want me to help you? Because I can't continue to live my life like this. Continue to ask the questions, why? Why can't you live your life like this? Why don't you want to live your life like this? And I could continue on this whole subject, but we're going to go to our final break for the evening. And next week's show is, how to elevate emotions during the holidays because for some of us this is a very hard time of the year. So we're gonna to go to our final break, and I can't believe this show is almost over. And you are of course are listening to me on Inspired Choices Network. You can listen to me every night. I mean, every every night. Yes, you can listen to me every night if you want on many different networks from YouTube to Apple to iTunes to Spotify. I've got a kind of scroll in my head. Um, and of course, you can rewatch this on Inspired Choices Network or YouTube. But catch me every Wednesday at 7 p.m. because we're going to start talking about the holidays for the next couple of weeks and how to elevate your emotions. And some people don't like the holidays, but we're talking about addiction. And when is it time to love it or leave it or love them or leave them? So we're going to go to our final break tonight. Thank you for joining me tonight.
0: Are you living a life of psychological trauma or suffering from an addiction? Are you ready to learn new techniques to elevate your emotions without sustaining or obtaining them from substances that are not good for your mind or body? Then continue to tune into Emotional Elevator with trauma, addiction, life, and spiritual coach, Sandy Bird where you will learn techniques to elevate your emotions that don't require a magic pill, food, or impulsive behavior. Listen to Emotional Elevator with Sandy Bird, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Mountain, 4 p.m. Pacific, on inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Emotional Elevator with Sandy Bird. To participate in this program, Join the live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also send an email to Sandy at EmotionalElevator.com. Now, back to the program.
1: Oh, Welcome back. We only have a short time here, but as I was just talking about, when do you love them or leave them when you have a special someone in your life that is an addict? You love them when they want to get help and when they're not asking you to get the help for them, then they can start getting help to regulate their emotions. And when they're not using you to help them regulate their emotions with their addiction. And then when do you let them go? When do you leave them? When you've exhausted All that you can exhaust within yourself. And when you realize that you are using your emotions, to try to elevate them. And you enable them. So when people who have addictions are in your life and you choose to cut them off for a certain amount of time, and they've done nothing to work on their addiction, but because like the holidays are coming up, so you feel like, oh, I've got to go see them and check on them. Why? What you're doing is just recycling the cycle with them. And yes, I get it. I've been there. I understand. And it's hard. But whenever and it's uh when I was um talking with everyone when we were trying to get my mom into inter- intervention, it was the whole thing of When she jumps off the cliff, are you going to jump off the cliff with her? And that really dawned on me because that's what we're told all growing up is if your friend jumps off the bridge, are you going to jump with them? And that's what they were trying to say. I was doing my whole entire life with her was I was the life raft that she was never going to grab onto, but I was still sitting there holding it for her. And when I started realizing that, I stopped focusing because I spent my whole life focusing more on her than my own family, my own children, and sabotage my own self for her addiction and her emotions to try to make her feel better. Because I had gained gain. shame and guilt, live TV, can to erase that, shame and guilt for not being a better daughter. Not being, for not being there to help her, for not being there. Those are all the feelings, but right? those are feelings that I was putting on myself. She wasn't putting on for me. I was putting on myself. So I had to learn to let her go, to leave her. And the sad part is with all of that, She lost years with me. I didn't lose years with her. I gained years with me. And that's what I like to teach my clients that I work with that have addiction within their family or significant other is that you're losing time that you are never going to get back. You cannot regulate their emotions. And you end up centering your emotions around them. And that's where leave them. But if they do get help, you can be there. And it's very hard when it's someone you love so dearly and then something ends up happening to them. Because you take that still that guilt. That's why you've got to work on yourself and get over the feelings you feel because it's the same thing as being a mother. Now, none of my kids are addicts. So, I mean, they are, there is addictions, but they're not substance or alcohol. But when I think about my own children at their point in their lives, they're in their twenties, the trauma that they suffered from myself, their father and my mother and family and friends and all that they do, I can only show them feeling myself is great and wonderful, but it's up to them to heal themselves, and that's what I teach clients with addiction. Is it's all about healing yourselves, and it's all about showing them that it's okay to have these emotions and these thoughts, but you can elevate yourself. So you need to focus on you. Oh, it's that time. I am so sorry. Thank you for
0: listening to the Emotional Elevator Show.
1: Sandy returns Reach out to me. at 7
0: p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Mountain, 4 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Until then, Start elevating your emotions and stop riding the emotional elevator that is stopping you from living the life you deserve.